Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and this is the second installment of our special Needless Con series, meant to help you with the pain of there being no Dragon Con this year. Each of these episodes will, after the introduction, obviously, uh, attempt to recreate the feel of a panel and are actual panels that we would have put on at DragonCon this year. Today's panel is the 2020 Video Game Hall of Fame, or I guess Classic Video Game Hall of Fame. Uh, We changed it up a little bit because without a live audience, the experience was going to be a little bit different. So... uh, we did things a little differently. We took some polls in the Needless Things podcast Facebook group, which you should join if you have not, and also in the Dragon Con American Sci-Fi Classics Track Facebook group, which if you're not in there, I don't even know what's wrong with you. Uh, so amidst our discussion for certain aspects of video game Hall of Fame-ness, uh, we threw some stuff out to everybody in those Facebook groups. And we got some votes, and we announced those votes during the panel. We had a whole lot of fun doing this. This is the crew you will recognize from past classic video game Hall of Fames. And uh, I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope that it alleviates some of the Dragon Con uh, miss-out sensations. There's got to be a better term for that than what I just said. So... I want to talk a little bit about some Dragon Con's past, but before I get to that, there's a little bit of news. Okay, so by the time I'm done with this segment, I know what you're going to be thinking. You're going to be thinking, boy, Dave, there sure is a lot of talk about NECA in your news segments, and there's a reason for that. NECA is, I would say, a premier toy company. They have the coolest licenses available. Now, don't get me wrong. Super 7 is really up there doing some incredible creative stuff that, while I think aimed at the same customer, is a different level. Uh, I don't know quite how to define the differences between Super 7 and NECA, and maybe that's something we'll do on an episode at some point. But NECA is at the forefront of toy conversation right now because of the licenses they have and because of their attempts to get their products to collectors. We've already discussed in the past that these store exclusives are a necessary evil. If not for the partnerships with GameStop and Walmart and Target, we would not be getting the incredible Ninja Turtles figures that NECA has been producing at all. There's no Toys R Us anymore, and 
it's just was the most feasible way for NECA to get these things done. Uh, you can see interview, which I, I have taken it upon myself to dive deeper into these things. And rather than get angry at NECA, try to understand what's going on and try to look at their communication. And look, I'll tell you right now, I've loved NECA for 20 years, but I can tell you that their online presence, while it's enthusiastic and it wants to embrace fans, a lot of times gets a little off-putting. I, I've never really found their Twitter to be of any assistance. I know a lot of people have. Uh, and, and I'll tell you right now, my personal experiences on social media in general are not great. Uh, I feel like I have some kind of weird internet curse, but that's a topic for another day. Uh, so anyway, there's a lot to talk about with NECA. It's ongoing, and their, I'm going to go ahead and use the word valiant, efforts to combat scalpers and get their products into the hands of the people that want them. Uh, one of these efforts was the Toka and Razor pre-order that went down on July 31st and went through August 7th. If you didn't get it, you got nobody to be mad at but yourself. It was an open pre-order. Uh, very similar to what Super 7 does with their products. It went up. If you wanted it, you ordered it. You could order two of them if you wanted and if you didn't, then that's on you, Jack. Uh, Super Shredder was already obligated to Walmart, but NECA put up a sale on their website for international customers. And this is another thing I've respected. I've talked about this before. I really respect that NECA is working hard to get these things into the hands of international customers as well. That doesn't include me, but I want everybody in the world to be able to get this cool stuff. I'm not big into, oh, look, I have this thing and you don't. Ha, ha, ha. It makes it more valuable to me because you don't have it. That's just shitty. Uh, I'm not into that. So I want everybody to get all this stuff. So anyway, uh, Super Shredder, while it is still going to hit shelves in Walmart and apparently already has been, um, they moved the online sales to their own web store where they could control uh, things like accessibility to bots and scalpers and whatever else. Uh, they put it up on Monday, the 10th of August at 1 p.m. I got on, added them to my cart, and the checkout button did not work. I sat there for six minutes trying to get the checkout button to work, trying to refresh the page, leave the page, go back. Da -da -da, nothing worked. And then I finally was like, uh, I guess I'll try it on my phone. Went to my phone, added it to the cart, and then it said it's out of stock. Boom. Missed it. Too late. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened. I think it's possible that there was a little bait and switch there to try and fool said scalpers and bots i don't know but about half an hour later well exactly half an hour later at 1 30 neca put a notice up on their instagram that said super shredder is once again available in the store uh i went on my phone this time added it to my cart bought it no problem at all one per customer which i'm down with limiting look i would have liked to have two because either uh, Phantom Jr. is going to want one. He hasn't said he wants one, but once he sees it, I know it's going to be one of those things where he's like, oh, I want this. Or a second one for myself to put a Kevin Nash head on. Uh, it would have been nice to get to, but you know what? If it means more people will get them that wouldn't otherwise have gotten them, I'm okay with a limit of one per on literally anything. If 
if they want to do it on foot soldiers, if they want to do it on Cobra Troopers, whatever, I will, I love to have four of a troop builder. But if it means everybody gets one, I put that one limit on there. Doesn't bother me a bit. Uh, so that happened. I got my super shredder. Everything seems pretty kosher. I saw no more complaints. Obviously, after that initial sale, everything blew up. But then it seemed to get fixed, and I have to feel like there was a plan there. Uh, the other thing that's cool that NECA is doing is they are opening up pre-orders in the same way that they did for Toka and Rezar for the Metalhead cartoon figure that I lucked out, got one for myself and for Phantom Jr. at Target. We we were When we were running around looking for the Special Missions Cobra Island G.I. Joe figures uh, that were just not really in stores at all uh, on August 1st, we happened to cross two of the metalhead figures so we each got one i've got an unboxing coming up on the needless things youtube channel please go subscribe if you haven't already uh there's some great unboxings up there i do things in my own inimitable fashion uh i think you'll enjoy it uh so that that one will i think that one will go up next week uh so anyway they are opening up pre-orders for that metalhead and for the prop replica casey jones mask which i also have and it's incredible if you're a fan of the 1990 movie at all you need this mask. And it's also a reasonable price. I don't remember what I paid for it, but once I had it in my hands, I was like, they could have charged a little bit more for this. Uh, so that pre-order goes up today, August the 14th, and lasts through, I think it's August the 21st. But if you know how to use social media, go check out NECA's accounts, and you can see all the information for this stuff. But So basically, that stuff's going back into production because people want it, and NECA wants people to have it. Uh, And then finally, the biggest news announcement from NECA, uh, and no, I don't have news for anybody else this week because things are just weird right now still. Biggest announcement from NECA, Judith Hogue, who is awesome and who has taken ownership of her role as april o'neill in the 1990 movie and has been very active on social media she hosted and i I believe organized the whole youtube reunion special which if you haven't gone and looked at the 1990 tmnt anniversary special that went up uh, a couple of months ago i believe it was uh, it's incredible. It features so many people involved with the movie. Lots of surprises. Uh, Brian Henson is part of it. It's really amazing. And it's up on YouTube now. So Judith Hogue has been spearheading all of this really cool stuff for the anniversary of the 1990 movie. And now her newest project in conjunction with NECA. Yes, of course we are getting a 1990 April O'Neil action figure. But the coolest thing about this figure is is that she and NECA are going to be producing a sort of documentary of the entire process of making this figure. It's expected in 2021, which is fine. I, I'll wait. It's cool. I got plenty of time. Uh, especially with something this special and this cool going on, where every step of the way she's going to be documenting what goes into making this April O'Neil figure. I think it's something that's really special and really cool. Uh, I would I'd go so far as to say it's unprecedented in the history of action figures uh, that we're going to get a look at a figure done in this way. This is absolutely awesome. I cannot wait to follow this process and, of course, to get the April O'Neil figure, an essential part of this 1990 Ninja Turtles set. 
and I got to say it. I know a lot of people are really mad at NECA right now, and I get it. I Look, I, I'm not 100% thrilled with them, but I think they're working really hard. I think they're trying really hard, and, and this sounds like shill stuff. And believe you me, nobody's ever sent me a free toy. Nobody's ever done jack for me. Uh, I like what I like, and I talk about what I like, and I respect that NECA seems to be working so hard to take care of their customers. Uh, as a matter of fact, one last thing I'm going to mention. Uh, after ordering that Super Shredder, today I received a coupon for $5 off my next pre-order or purchase from the NECAstore.com. Just as a thank you. You guys, I, like I said, I think they're working hard. I think they want to make the customers happy, and I think it's just going to be a matter of us bearing with them and dealing with the growing pains of them figuring out what the best model is to get these products to us. So so hang in there. Uh, have a little faith. Believe in their nerds just like us and understand what we're going through. And uh, maybe they get a little pissy from time to time because people get a little too angry about their little plastic people. But uh, I'm excited. Lots of cool stuff from NECA. And you know tuning into the Needless Things podcast each and every Friday is a great way to get you know not just the news but a take on the news and a little explanation of maybe what's going on with the news from somebody who's been collecting toys for 44 years. All right, so last episode in the intro, I talked a little bit about my history with Dragon Con, how much I love Dragon Con, uh, how much it has become an essential part of my life each and every year. And I glossed over, because I mentioned being in high school and going to whatever the earliest form of Dragon Con was. I think it was Atlanta Fantasy Fair, something along those lines. Uh, I, I prob- Maybe I should have gone and looked it up uh, between last week and, and this week, but I've had other stuff going on, you guys. I'm a little busy lately. Um, so I kind of glossed over 1996 and 1997 at Dragon Con. Um those years i was working at the masquerade downtown and one one of the years and i cannot remember which year was which one of the years guar and the misfits both played maybe guar played both of the years i i'm honestly not a hundred percent sure but i did get to see guar and the misfits at dragon con which was incredible. Uh, I had never seen the Misfits, Misfits before at that point. As I've told, as I've been open about in the past, on on both on uh, the Needless Things websites and on the podcast, I was kind of a late bloomer for the Misfits. I didn't come into them until maybe ninety six, uh, maybe even ninety seven. It was whenever the box set from Caroline, the coffin box set came out. Like I was aware of the misfits prior to that, but I really didn't just dig into them. And I bought that coffin box set from hot topic while I was working there. And it just, I was in love immediately. It was, it was like finding calibres. It was like finding Oingo Boingo. It was like, find, it was like when I finally, like when ghost finally hit me, it was give me as much of this as I can have. And of course that box set had almost everything. So I, I was, I, I dove in and it was done all in one shot. Uh, but I got to see the misfits live with, uh, some real weirdos 
and got to wander around for the first time, wander around Dragon Con at night and uh, enjoy some beverages and kind of get a better look at what it really was. Because I remember getting down there, you know, everybody was, the, the people I was working with were hyped. They were like, oh, it's Dragon Con. Are we going to Dragon Con? Are you going to go to Dragon Con? And I was like, Dragon Con? Well, I don't, because I, at the time I was kind of broke. I was like, I, I really don't need to go because I, I was working at the Masquerade. Um, I don't need to go down there and spend money on like swords and leather pouches and shit. I don't, I, you know, I did that in high school. I can't, I can't really do that now. I got a, I got an apartment and bills and I'm making like minimum freaking wage working at the masquerade as security. Uh, and they were like, no, no, you just go down and hang out and party. It's awesome. And we went down and we hung out and we partied. Um, and that was my first taste of the party side of the masquerade. Uh, and then, you know, after 97, I, I do think it was 2004 before I really got back down there. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I had other stuff going on. Uh, I was into relationships. I was into jobs. I was into whatever I was into. It just didn't seem like a thing that could be an important part of my life somehow, which now seems insane to say, but, uh, I don't know. There was just, there was, there was other stuff that I was doing. Um, so yeah, those two years just, I, I experienced the party and it was, it was great. Guar at Dragon Con, nothing else like it. And then seeing that misfit show, it was not what I expected. Uh, you know, I thought it was just going to be a, a little punk set and instead they've got the big giant drum kit and like all the bullshit all over the stage and it's loud and fast as shit. And it's really, it's really more of a metal show. Uh, and I mean, it's punk, but I don't, I don't know. It was just, it seemed very special at the time. Uh, and I felt lucky that I got in there because whoever I was with, we were, I don't remember how we got in, but we didn't pay a dime to get in. Uh, I, I think at the time, honestly, you could just kind of show up and sneak into places a lot easier. When, and look, I'll tell you right now, it was wrong. I shouldn't have done it. But, uh, you know, when you're young and stupid and don't have any money and uh, as you get older, hopefully your your values, your morals, your beliefs change a little bit. You get a little more mature and you don't do dumb shit like sneaking into conventions anymore. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Uh, that That's another little piece of my Dragon Con history, one that I uh, honestly don't talk about as much because it, it's more of a masquerade memory than a Dragon Con memory, but it's very much something that only could have happened at Dragon Con. Uh, so there you go. And now it is time to get to something that should have happened at Dragon Con, but instead is happening in the magic of the internet. Uh, the two, uh, 2020 classic video game hall of fame enjoy I think it's time. It's 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 the 
exact time that we're supposed to start this panel that's incredibly <laughs> live and in front of uh, a huge, the, the biggest audience that we've ever done one of these panels in front of, I think, right? I'm, I'm very nervous at all of the people that I'm looking at right now. Well, just imagine them in their underwear, but also know that they're probably literally in their underwear. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I am Dave West. I am the host of the Needless Things Podcast. I run NeedlessThingsPodcast.com. Please go check it out. And we are here to hold another video game Hall of Fame panel. This year's a little bit different, though. You may have seen our panels at previous Dragon Cons. Uh, this one, since everybody's having to sort of alter the way they do things and sort of do special editions and figure out ways to work around not having live audiences or whatever the case may be, uh, we are bringing you this year, in its infancy of this panel, already we're just jumping straight ahead to the Video Game Hall of Fame Hall of Fame. Where we're going to talk about, well, I'll, you know what? i got to turn it over now, because this isn't my panel. I'm not the boss here. The boss here is, to my left, please introduce yourself and lay down your credentials. Uh, I am Beth Van Dusen, and I am probably the toughest boss fight ever. Because Agreed. I host, or co-host, Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast possibly the nerdiest thing ever but please everybody else introduce yourselves besides dave we also have ryan cadaver what's up how's it going guys it's going great i'm excited gaming is my favorite topic so i am thrilled yeah especially old games Well, Selena, oh. since you just spoke, please introduce yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I am uh, Selena Balls. I am the fantasy artist with the funny last name. And uh, I've been playing games for, you know, probably since I was about four years old. So good old-fashioned Atari. Uh, and I have lots of opinions on them. So I'm very excited about today. And I am Noel Wood. Uh, I am uh, the co-host of the Audible Interlude podcast here on the Needless Things Network, along with Dave and Christian, and uh, who's not here. Um, also, the uh, the owner of DorkDroppings.com, and also been playing video games since uh, there were gigantic pixels on a screen, and uh, nothing looked like it really looked in the real world. To be fair, well, sometimes those pixels were small, too. They were usually pretty big. <laughs> so this year is clearly clearly very different we did not have a live studio audience to interact with i took a group of topics that we came up with and turned it over to facebook the most dangerous place of all to turn things over to <laughs> but we did get some votes and as there is no live audience to interact with we thought that we would start with some other topics and and just get some get some thoughts out there that we all we all have very many opinions on because we all very much love our video games. So before we bust into the topics that we all voted on, we're going to discuss some things that we just want to talk about. And and those polls are are still live. The results are still rolling in as we record. 
Well, yeah, my, we, we can be pleasantly surprised by the results. <laughs> we don't actually know yet until no, the drum roll. We have no idea. Well, I, I will say nothing I've selected is rolling in, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> nobody really I, seems to care about any you, of my top. I actually closed the polls. Close the polls on all of the DragonCon unofficial, which is where we were getting the most votes from, because let's face it, DragonCon unofficial Facebook page has like 23,000 members. So 23,000 well, members who are very it, sad it, right now. Yeah. It might as well be the official DragonCon Facebook to page. To me, it honestly. is. Yeah. But, but that's where I got most of the votes from, and I close the polls every day because I didn't want Chuck to banhammer me, so... Those polls are closed, and I have the results of everything. And if you guys were paying any attention at all, you would know the results too. You, you. I wanted to be surprised. Panelists. I was right, hanging well, in there for for waiting right. for the last minute. I'm very excited that you have waited for the surprise because I know all of the results, but the listeners do not. Because I did post our polls over three different Facebook pages, so I had a lot of votes to compile. And some were very, very close, and some were doing great until I went on to the DragonCon unofficial page, and people had very different opinions than the Needless Things or the American Sci-Fi Classics people did. I bet there are some psychos out there who watched these and collated the votes and, like, already know. (laughs) Probably. They're waiting in anticipation for the results, much like myself. And they will let us know. I'm extremely glad that I found the place where you could turn off the ability to add other options. Yeah, that's very oh, important. Yes. Because that could have gone on forever. Yeah, because yeah, we've that's... been fired already for one of them. Every one of us is fired. <laughs> we'll get to that. But but first, let's start off with a little bit of discussion with no votes involved and, and no fighting among us for winners. But just Well, we'll see about that. Well, I already disagree. <laughs> I, have, I have nothing else to entertain me. I will fight all of you. Um, if you well, think Ryan, we're not going to disagree, you're wrong. Ryan Cadaver's name is in all caps on Skype, so he already just wins. <laughs> He's just yelling his own name. He's just already yelling, so he wins. <laughs> I will bring Tetris pieces into this, okay? Don't tempt me. <laughs> Actually, I came very close to that. (laughs) (laughs) But let's go ahead and just start off. We may not get through all these before it becomes time to move on to our voting topics, but I did want to get through some of these that we discussed. So let's first start with toughest boss fight. And the first person we're going to hear from, because it is his podcast, even though he turned it all over to me for this, we're going to start with Dave. Dave, what is the toughest boss fight? All right, so the toughest boss fight from one of the teams I've ever played, and I I didn't, like, for me, for, for me to know it was the toughest boss, it had to be a boss that I had eventually beaten. Because, like, how would I pick from the dozens of bosses that I just never beat and I quit playing the game? So I didn't pick anybody that was just impossible for me to beat. Uh, the one that I did choose was Alma from the 2004 Ninja Gaiden, uh, which is one of the hardest games I've ever played in my life. But I loved it so much, I just 
kept grinding away at it over over a couple of years i think it took me um but alma is kind of the classic platform boss in in just that the way that she moves uh the timing that you have to have to beat her her attacks like it's almost like they took the most nightmare qualities from every platforming boss ever and put them into this one demonic source of evil. Just so you know, the only time I will accept hearing the word grinding out of your mouth is when we are talking about video games. <laughs> For future reference. <laughs> or, or if you're making pesto. It better be, it better be yeah. only those two things. <laughs> what that if you're playing of- video games while making pesto and... Ha- oh, wait, this is a PG panel. Never mind. Uh, uh, uh. I, I, have a, I have a question. Is it pronounced Ninja Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden? I believe it is Ninja Gaiden. Is it okay? It I don't know. Pronounced I, that way, even though it shouldn't be. Yeah. I, okay. When I okay, so here's what happened with that: is when I was a kid, the NES Ninja Gaiden, which I didn't even know at the time was an arcade game, uh, was one of my favorite games. I uh, love Ninja Gaiden 2 as well, but they were Ninja Gaiden to me. Then in 2004, they put the new one out on the Xbox, and I'm working at GameStop at the time, and it gets all kinds of promotion, and we have reps coming in talking about the game, and this guy comes in, and he's like, yeah, so uh, one of the new titles we're going to be really pushing hard is Ninja Gaiden, and I was like, what did you just say to me? He was like, Ninja Gaiden. And I said, Ninja Gaiden? And he was like, oh, my young friend, that is not correct. It is Ninja Gaiden, and it always has been. And this guy was like a rep for the company, so, you know. It feels like your whole life has been a lie, doesn't it? Oh, you have no no idea how many times that's happened to me in my life. Because we see... I mean, look, yeah, back in the day, I mean, we didn't really have a whole lot of... uh, internet communication heck i do remember a time before the internet where we just kind of guessed because our video games didn't talk right and so we just kind of guessed at how you were supposed to pronounce characters names how you were supposed to uh say the you know certain spells and stuff like that so it's definitely a gif versus gif thing which is like my wife is from new jersey no it is still pronounces it mario brothers it's oh all no! GIF. <laughs> it is GIF, damn it! <laughs> it will be. It hey, will for be GIF years, graphic. For years, I thought that little elf's name was Lank. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I didn't. I thought, I thought his name was Zelda. <laughs> oh god! Well, you're all canceled. No you're one's going to be mad at that. <laughs> but anyway, nobody, this, nobody. Um, Alma is just brutal. I, I don't know how many times it took me I, I i honestly i going back to the game over and over and over again you know it was one of those things where you you shut it off you say f this i'm never playing this game again and then you can't help yourself a couple days later you go back to it I, I don't know how many times i did this until i finally beat her and it was that moment i beat her and you guys probably all know this that feeling of complete paranoia that freezes you like down to the base of your spine when you beat a really hard boss and all of a sudden you're terrified you're going to lose power or the system's going to shut off or it's not going to save or Or there's another form well yeah (laughs) right right but like that that the elation is like immediately tempered by terror that you're going to lose what you just accomplished 
And that was, yeah, I, like, I clearly remember that. Yeah, when you finally find the, sa- the, the save spot after the boss fight, you save it like three times because yes. you're... Yes. So terrified that the first one didn't stick, and then the second one, you're not really sure, and you're like, "I'll just do it a third time, just to really make myself feel better." Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ryan or Noel, any any thoughts on Ninja Gaiden? I haven't played Gaiden? that version. No. Yeah, what, I, what, I haven't whatever. played that one. I played uh, one on the NES, and I was terrible at it. But yeah, oh, I, dude, I played, I played to... the old NES version, and and yeah, I I never got very far in it. The, that, this, that was me too. For anybody that didn't play this one, it's it's they later on they released a version that had an easy setting that I highly recommend. Uh, but just the base regular release version was very very difficult. One of the hardest games I've ever played, but also one of the best. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of its own genre right now. I mean, with, like, Dark Souls and Cuphead and all that stuff, the, the games where, like, the bosses are, like, incredibly hard on purpose. Uh, and uh, sometimes I like those games, and during this quarantine thing, I just want to play easy, fun stuff. Like, I'm like, I can't have any extra frustration right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you just want to love yourself. You just want to love yourself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is which is why I pulled out the N sixty four and played Pokemon Snap for hours. Uh, there's a new one coming out too. Oh, I'm so excited! Yay. Yeah, it's one of, one of the reasons why Animal Crossing is so popular. It's just just nice, it's calming. Chill. It's enjoyable. It's fulfilling. So let's let's go ahead and jump on into the person who selected this topic and hear from Selena. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's hear from me some more. <laughs> uh yeah hardest boss um here's the thing as much as i love video games i can sometimes i'm sometimes not really that great at playing them so your results may vary when it comes to my concept of difficult versus other people's concept of difficult um but i think that anybody who's ever played this game would probably agree with me in the fact that uh it it made me stop playing this game completely. Uh, to this day, I've never actually completed this game, uh, even though it's you know probably one of my favorites. Um, I ended up uh, watching a lot of gameplay of it uh, through YouTube and actually through and like reading the rest of the storyline through Wikipedia. So it was kind of like I was there at the ending in spirit. Um, but this particular boss is not even an ending boss. It's probably about middle of the road, uh, probably even in the beginning of the game, but it is the split head dog from Parasite Eve. Oh. Uh, Ryan probably knows this game. Um, oh, yeah, very well. Yeah, this particular uh, boss fight is so unbelievably difficult. My God. Um, and it's been a few years, but I do remember very distinctly that this was a one-shot kill kind of boss. And it and you have a very limited amount of ammo, and if you come into this uh, boss without enough ammo, you're just going to have to start over at a previous save. And if you're like me and you didn't save it, you're just trapped. Uh, you're stuck. So <laughs> there was no, uh, 
you know, ways to bypass this. There was no difficulty settings to make this game a little bit easier for you. It's just, it's a one-stop shop. And the split head dog uh, was extremely difficult. It's also really gross because there's a transformation CGI sequence uh, beforehand, which is really uncomfortable to watch. Uh, And uh, yeah, it, it, it was so hard. I probably spent at least a month just trying to do this. And I'm like, I think I just have to learn my own limitations and say, I can't do this. <laughs> so I just, I chose to let it go for, for quite a few years. Yeah. All the, the cinematics in that, that one, especially with the dog, it was just like, yeah, it was the most terrifying thing I'd ever seen at that time. Yeah. Um, at, at the time it was, uh, you know, it was one of the first, you know, kind of games that we see that, those CGI cutscenes and stuff from uh, from the early days, and even though now it probably looks like absolute garbage compared to what not, we have out there. Not these bad. Days. I, I, I watched the opening pretty recently, and like all the stuff with the charred bodies and all that stuff, it's it's still pretty messed up, pretty creepy. Yeah. Like if you go okay, in so. and you're like, I I understand that this is PS2 level. Wait, was it PS2 or PS3? It was PS1. Yeah. No PS1. way. Okay, for yeah. PS1, it looks incredible. Yeah, it does. Yeah, for for your PS One game, it, it is it does look very very nice. That was um, also the oddly enough that was like the first turn based game I ever played. Um, like I went back and played the Final Fantasy games and all that stuff, but like I played Parasite Eve because I was like, oh cool, it's like Resident Evil. Yeah, and then I was like, what is this weird turn based grid thing? You know, so like I took a it was a huge learning curve for me, but I ended up loving that game. Yeah the the uh, the um, the battle, uh, you know, system of it is very interesting because it is kind of like a turn base, but you can also like kind of run around the designated area with your character. So it was definitely a cutting edge kind range of range and, and with yeah. the uh, domes. Yeah, it was it was a great game. I love that game. I wish they'd make yeah. another one. It was very fun, but yeah, Split Head Dog could not do it. Could not do it. I, I've heard all about that game. I've just never played it. Uh, for for no particular reason, I have nothing against it, but I just I've never played it. It'd be hard so, to come uh, to now. Like it'd be hard to play now because it, it. I mean, the in-game graphics are, you know, PS One. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you know what? I don't mind that. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, pick it back up. Let's go. <laughs> all right, so let's. Noel's been quiet for a minute. Let's turn it over to Noel. Okay, so toughest boss fight. Um, I'm gonna go pretty old school on this actually i did i did kind of two because i was like i you know uh, uh, like a mini boss fight versus a final boss fight so my mini boss fight i'll just go over it real quick is ig88 from star wars shadows of the empire yes <laughs> i probably spent two months just trying to beat him and couldn't get past him in that game um but i'd say for the hardest final boss said i'm gonna go pretty old on this um was literally i i would pick up my Nintendo Entertainment System, I would punch in the code that I had written down on a, on a sticky note, and I would just start trying to beat Mike Tyson. And I did it for days upon end until that one day. I don't know what I did different than all those other days, but I finally beat that son of a you-know-what. <laughs> uh, you just finally had enough muscle memory to just... 
Uh, Get him. <laughs> yeah, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, and you know later releases. Of course, Mike Tyson wasn't even in the game. You had Mr. Dream um, because they weren't licensing his likeness anymore. But that was just when you know when you're 11, 12 years old, sitting in front of a, an 8-bit Nintendo system. <clears throat> just I, um, thankfully, I actually had the drive to go at it every day, or else I probably would have never ever done it. But there was actually it was he was so hard to beat that. Apparently, if you took a photo of your screen, which you had to do with a camera that you had to send off film to a laboratory <laughs> and have it returned to you, and then mail in a 4 by 6 glossy to Nintendo Power Magazine, uh, they would publish you. And I think you actually won a prize if you were the first 100 people or so to beat it once the game got released. That that was another one of those too hard, didn't, didn't do it for me i just gave up i was like yeah i can't beat him i'm done shocking to everybody i know but i was not really big into boxing games (laughs) it wasn't a boxing game that is an early version of a wrestling game dave it was a mario no no fun uh, fun fact um i as as a young feller um i didn't really quite know why I liked video games so much because it's like, oh, my brothers didn't really care one way or another. My dad really wasn't into it. And uh, I found a little pin uh, in my mom's jewelry box and I asked her about it and she said, oh, I got that because I was one of the first people to get, what was it, like a million uh, points in Asteroid? And I was like, really? (laughs) Yeah, she's like, there was an arcade near the school where I used to go to school at and she's like and I saw in you know the magazine that um, Atari would like give you a commemorative pin if you happen to reach like a certain amount I can't remember if it was a million or if it was a lot higher and stuff and so they were like send you know take a photo of it of like the, the literal screen of the arcade box and uh, we'll send you a pin and they did <laughs> Well, then I got ripped off. I was like, neat! (laughs) Home console, there was not that. And I I played Asteroids more than anything. (laughs) It it is a real fun game. To this day, if I go to an arcade and there's an Asteroids game, yeah, it's it's getting wrecked. (laughs) All right, well, let's... uh... I'm going to go next just because I want to go first on the next one. So I don't want to talk too much all in a row. So sorry, Ryan. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, I think, though, that knowing Ryan, I, I'm i going to have to go with my second pick. Hmm. Because I don't want to take Ryan's pick. Well, now I feel pressure because I feel like you're definitely not going to choose my pick. <laughs> Steal it. Steal it. I, I don't want to steal what might be Ryan's pick, but I also don't want to talk too much in a row. Um, so I'm going to go with, because it's me, and I can't have a video game panel without talking about Legend of Zelda at some point, I'm going to go with Dark Link from Ocarina of Time, simply because they spent the whole entire game building up their targeting system. And the targeting system was fantastic, especially for the time. It was like nothing else that had ever come before. It was the first time we really had an excellent targeting system. And even games that have come since 
have had crap targeting systems compared to Ocarina of Time. But Dark Link knew every single one of your moves and blocked every single one of your moves. And the only way to beat him is to turn off the targeting and just run at him. And even when you turn off the targeting and run at him, he still blocks you half the time. It was a controller-throwing kind of fight for me. And as much as I hate the Water Temple and find it the most irritating aspect of the game, it's just because it's so confusing. It's not because it's that hard. But fighting Dark Link is that hard to me. How would you even know that that was the only way to defeat him? Was there any hints at all while playing the game to, like, turn off your targeting? Or was it really just a random fluke that you might or might not be able to come across? I think you well, just have to go all Leroy Jenkins on him one day, and then it just happens. <laughs> yeah, just That's how I've got to figure it out. That's the way, the way you do it. Yeah, it's it's just a you you fight him many many times with your targeting on and realize okay well I'm not going to win this fight and eventually you you could even accidentally have turned off your targeting system I don't honestly remember that far back because I'm that old I don't remember what it was that was made made me like the targeting turn off the targeting but for some reason the many many times that I tried to kill him did not work until I turned off the targeting it was like oh. Thank you, God. You used the Force, as Obi-Wan would have commanded you to. <laughs> Just real real quick, not for a toughest boss battle necessarily, but I think we have to give an honorable mention uh, to a boss battle where the game, like, messed with you and Psycho Mantis in Metal Gear Solid. Okay, that, that was my other pick, and I just assumed that Ryan was going to take it. Well, Man, it, you know what? That actually was on my shorthand list. That's funny, though. It, no, well, it's that so, was, you're right, though. It's so great. That was what? actually at the top of my list, and I just assumed because it was Metal Gear that Ryan was going to pick that one. Well, it's not like it's not necessarily a difficult boss battle. It's just if a you know great boss battle. It kind of is, though. If you don't know what to do, it's hard as hell. Yeah, like yeah. I didn't, I didn't know because I didn't get a prima guide for it. Because <laughs> hey, guess what? <laughs> There didn't used to be an IGN where you could get a wiki for any game, and if you didn't get a Prima guide, you were just kind of stuck. So I had no idea that you could just, like, plug your controller into a different socket and beat him that way. Yeah, yeah, that, was, that, definitely, that was definitely a hard one, because it requires, like, a physical outside-of-the-game task for you to complete in order to in order to get him. Yeah, that, was, that one was definitely hard. Uh, and then I gotta get off my ass. I mean, that's not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Get off my rear end. That's not why. I no, you can say it. ass. Ass is fine. Okay. All right. Well, that's I'll, funny I'll because my hardest boss is ass. assy ass man. <laughs> as long as you don't say. As long as you don't say ass pesto. Oh <laughs> no! Don't grind either one of those, please. No. Um, not, am I, not am I here, alone on the dark link? I feel like I'm alone on the dark. You're link. not alone. I just never. I don't know. I, I'm aware of Dark Link. I never got that far in the game. Okay. I, I yeah, never I never here. played it. <laughs> I played it, and I loved it, but I didn't have an N64 growing up. I played my friends, so, like, I would just play whatever part he was on, and then that's it. So, sure. like, I played parts of that game, and uh, unfortunately haven't come back. I actually wish they put it on Switch, because now I would play it. 
that's part of the reason I still have my N64. There are three games that I keep my N64 for, is Ocarina of Time, GoldenEye, and Pokemon Snap. So so it's pronounced Ocarina, not Ocarina? <laughs> I have no idea. The fried Honestly. okra of time. No, the no ocarina way. is that dance that you do. Hey, Ocarina. I say Ocarina and it doesn't sound right. I say Ocarina, it doesn't sound right. I have no clue. I I don't don't know. You can tell that I read more than I interact with other human beings. Well, Ocarina is a real thing, though, isn't it? Like, it's an actual instrument. But is that, it's pronounced Ocarina? I mean, I think so. (laughs) Okay. I was going to be nice and not say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, are you sure you're saying that right? (laughs) You don't, you don't have to coddle me. It's okay. I I've said it both so many times. I'm just like, I don't know which one is right. I'm just going to keep saying it. Whatever. I I don't know. I mean, I'm always like, wait, how is it pronounced? I don't know. Now now everything is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) My life is a lie. This panel's over. It's the Mandela effect. It's fine. All right. Let's move on to Ryan. uh, Actually, it's Ocrina. Oh. That makes even less sense. Yeah. Ocrina. (laughs) Ocrina. Yeah, so I'm going to go with the one I just have have memories of being the most frustrated with. Um, Not necessarily the hardest. And a lot of people will say this is probably pretty easy. But I remember being very angry when I got got Mortal Kombat. I think it was like my sixth birthday or something. And my dad bought me Mortal Kombat, the first one, on Genesis. Because that one had the blood and we did the blood code. It was awesome. But uh, I remember being very aggravated because... uh, the last boss was incredibly easy, Shang Tsung, but Goro was so hard. Oh, Goro was... A- oh, God. Yeah, Goro yeah. was impossible. Yeah, and it, like, it made me so mad because I wanted to see, like, the dumb little picture that they put up at the end of the character and their little backstory and stuff. So, like, I had to beat it with everybody. But, uh, yeah, like, the mirror match was, was tough, you know, and... and and Shang Tsung was like, whatever. But, like, Goro was just like... And it made me mad because it, it made no sense to me because he wasn't the last boss. He was, like, the henchman. So, like, it's even weirder because the henchman was, like, just this unstoppable, you know, four-armed force. So, uh... I, I, think, a gener- I think a healthy amount of people would agree with you that Goro was definitely uh, a, a pain in the booty. He was yeah, on my short Goro. list for this very same question. It just... Yeah, he, he made me super mad. So, uh... Yeah, Gora for sure. I think that's almost a thing, though, and and I wish I could think of other references, but I didn't really. Uh, I wasn't. It didn't occur to me that we'd be discussing it. I feel like the sort of pre-boss being harder than the final boss is a thing that's happened in in enough games to where it's kind of a thing. Where, yeah, where you hit yeah. on somebody like Goro that just beats your ass, and you're like, "Oh no, I don't even, I don't even want to fight Shang Tsung because how hard is he going to be?" And then you fight him, and you're like, "Yeah, it's a little tough, but <laughs> he's just an old man." Yeah, the game really, the game really wants to humble you up about midways through, you know. I like the pun there with the midway. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> well done. But. <laughs> All right. Well, on the flip side, let us quickly move through the easiest boss fight. And the reason I wanted to go first was because 
I felt like in no other place in this panel were we going to be able to talk about Bioshock. And I would feel terrible about myself if I did not talk about Bioshock. It's a fantastic game. And it's really hard in parts. But by the end, you are so overpowered that the boss fight is the worst anticlimactic thing I have ever seen in a game. Even the game makers have said, yeah, we're sorry about that. Wait, are you talking about Andrew Ryan? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Atlas, the, the Atlas Fontaine fight at the end where it's not really a fight because you just blast him with your superpowers. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about when you just hit Andrew Ryan in the head with like a golf club and kill him. Oh, no, that's, that's even kind easier. of a boss fight. But <laughs> kind of, but that's just the end of the game. Yeah. But, like, the, when you're fighting the, the Atlas slash Fontaine character... Yep. And you just blast him with your powers, like, just hit him with electricity. And then you go suck the life out of him for a minute. Then he comes back, hit him with electricity, suck the life out of him. And then all these creepy little blank-eyed little girls come and finish him off for you. Yeah, the end. I, I played that a few months ago, and you're right. It is anticlimactic. Uh, really, like, the whole game, the journey is so great. And then, like, the ending cinematics, I'm just kind of just like, eh, really? That's, yeah. That's where we're going? That was all that for that? It okay. was very disappointing because the entire game was so good, and parts of it were very, very hard and very scary for not being a horror game. Oh, yeah. Because I remember the first time I saw Big Daddy, like, I was on the other side of glass, and he could not get to me, but I just looked at it and saw him killing a little girl and was like, I'm going to have to fight that at some point. No. No, I'm done. No, I'm not going to play this game anymore. <laughs> That's one of my favorite bits of, uh, I guess it's not really foreshadowing because it's it's straight up revealing who you're going to have to fight. But like that's one of my favorite events in a game is letting you know this this is ahead and you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, I was terrified. I I really did. I turned off my Xbox and walked away and said, "Nope, <laughs> nope." <laughs> well, yeah, especially like that game because at the beginning you'll just get killed by like a uh, you know undersea crackhead basically. Yeah. Like, we'll just kill you, like, with a couple punches. So, like, you're terrified of this giant beastly thing, you know? Yeah, you're you're very squishy in the beginning of Bioshock. So it's like, I'm going to have to fight that, but but look at me. Well, real real quick, I'll do my easiest one, because I swear I have it written down. Andrew Ryan from Bioshock is mine, because you <laughs> no! just hit him with a golf club. That was mine, and I was, it's literally just hit him over the head with a golf club. Done. Yeah, he was, that was pretty disappointing. Yeah. I was like, who's this Walt Disney-looking MF-er? <laughs> and then, yeah, you just take him out with a golf club. It's great. Just boop, boop. And, and, and technically, that is a boss fight, but to me, it didn't feel like a boss fight. It just felt like the end of the game. Yeah. It felt like an interactive uh, story, you know, cinematic, and that was about it. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been like a QTE, like a, you know, that's it. You're just hit a button, he's dead. You're done. Game over. Yeah. Uh, mine is uh, actually from Tenchu, Wrath of Heaven. Uh, it is the final boss. I can't remember what his name is. I think it's like Ten Tenrai, maybe? Is it Tenrai? Um, but yeah, for, for those of you who didn't play uh, Tenchu, Wrath of Heaven... Uh, you basically get to play uh, a ninja. Um, you can 
play as either you know the uh, girl ninja storyline or the uh, boy ninja storyline. They're a little different, but literally the exact same type of gameplay. Um, and so you kind of like go through there, you level up a little bit, you get like these cool scrolls that like so you can like get new moves and stuff. And uh, wouldn't you know it, you get a scroll. Uh, for a move called the Wrath of Heaven. And uh, at the very end boss fight, um, literally all you have to do is do the one-hit punch Wrath of Heaven move, and the boss fight's over. I was like, oh, well, this was very anticlimactic. I thought I was going to have to, like, throw all of my weapons at him and, you know, do all of my fun, cool ninja stuff. Nope, you just have to one-hit punch him. And that was it, so... That is always the worst whenever you save up all of your, like, weapons and ammo for the final boss and don't use anything (laughs) the entire game. And then at the end, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I I hoard everything like a dragon, you know, at the very end because I think that I'm going to have to throw, like, my entire backpack uh, of stuff at the boss fight. And when I don't, I kind of feel a little chipped. So can I tell you my easiest boss fight because it it's Absolutely. a good it's a good segue from that one. Get so in there. What what you just mentioned there's a flip side to that where that can be used to be entertaining uh which goes to my pick Mysterio from Spider-Man 2 where nice. he's mentioned a couple of times in the game and then you run into him in this like convenience store and he gives this big speech and is basically throws his arms out and he's like, and you will never defeat me. <laughs> and while he's doing that, like his power bar fills up with yellow. It fills up with red. It fills up with green. He's got three freaking levels of power bar and you're like, I'm screwed. This is insane. But then you jump around the shelves, run up to him, punch him. And in one punch, he's done. Like all of his power bars, <laughs> all three of his power bars drain down, and that's it. That's the whole fight. It's, it's... So this is the, this is Ray Mysterio, right? No, 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 Mysterio, like Spider-Man Mysterio. <laughs> Ray Mysterio yeah. would have lasted longer, unless Seth Rollins was trying to pull his eye out. Well, yeah. that's my new that's my new cosplay is Ray Mysterio, but Mysterio from Spider Man. Well, Ray, Ray, Mysterio, Ray Mysterio, Mysterio, Ray Mysterio already did that cosplay at WrestleMania last year, so uh, he beat okay. you to it. Bummer. And, there, and there's a figure of it, and it's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> Mysterio, Mysterio. Well, no, uh, what do you have? Uh, so I think I'm gonna go with. I got a couple on my list here, but I think. Uh, he, he's not the easiest, but I think it's one of those, like, after going through this game, and, I, cause, and this is one that I've played through a thousand times, uh, but Super Mario 2 Yoshi's Island, or Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island, um, getting all the way to Bowser at the end of the game, and he's just, after learning all the tricks you've learned in the game, he's so easy to beat. You throw a few eggs his way, and he's just done. And it's almost kind of underwhelming after all of that gameplay and that in that amazing little platformer. That's a little sad. Yeah. So there, there are easier ones, but I, just probably the most disappointingly easy at that point. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot to get through here, and we could probably have a whole other panel or a whole other podcast on all the things we didn't get to because we've still got 
so many topics to cover. Oh, I thought uh, we were going to play with uh, Best Weapon. Ooh. Well, we've, we've got other things to get through, and if somebody learned if somebody had learned to use Skype in a timely manner, we might have more time. I, I, don't, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who you're talking about at all. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and move on to the categories that we put up for votes. And the first one of those is RPGs. And we are going to let... So are we going to have a discussion about each of these, Dave, or do you think we should just go ahead and go through them all and move it along? If we are have we a discussion for each of these, this panel is going to be four hours. All right. So I so think I will... we just have to give, uh, you know, whoever picked what and then give the results. All right. So, Dave, since you're right here, uh, why don't you tell us what you picked? Or should I just say what everybody... Recording again, and we will go in three, two, one. All right, so now I am going to read the results of our topics that we posted on Facebook. And first, I'm just going to read through everybody's picks, and uh, then I will give the winner and any additional comments that were made, because some people very felt very strongly about some of the things we picked and some of the things we didn't. So first we're going to start with RPGs, and Dave picked Chrono Trigger. Noel picked Super Mario RPG. Selena picked Vagrant Story. I picked Fallout 3. Ryan picked Dragon Age Origins. And the winner was Chrono Trigger... By a large margin, second came in uh, Fallout 3 and very closely followed by Dragon Age Origins. But to be noted, a Dragon Con unofficial user fired every single one of us for not picking Final Fantasy VI. I Literally look, fired. I, you know, I get that. I get that. Uh, but... In, to me, Chrono Trigger is a better game. I've never played it, and I I, I was know appalled I that none of you have played that game. I hey, I sorry, played it. Di- I'm mad about it very much. I actually just downloaded it on Steam because of this conversation. <laughs> I my first uh, turn-based RPGs were Final Fantasy games, and then after that, I moved on to you know real real-time RPGs. Sorry. Yeah, I've I've played almost every Final Fantasy, but uh, Chrono Trigger is one that I always heard about, but uh, never quite played. Didn't it have like a weird cartridge thing when it came out? Like you had to buy like a special cartridge for it or something, or is like a? That, is, am I making that up? I don't think that was one of the ones that required the expansion pack, or not okay. the expansion pack, because uh, that was in '64. No, no, Chrono Trigger was uh, Super Nintendo. I could have yeah, sworn that it had some. I, so yeah, I yeah there wasn't there wasn't anything extra for that one. Well, see that that makes sense though because I didn't have a I had an NES. Well, you were like six. six when it came out. <laughs> That's true. This is true. <laughs> but I did play Final Fantasy VI, and that is a great game. But I still put way more hours into Dragon Age Origins, so uh, I can tell that guy that I don't even work for him. So he can't. <laughs> and, and I put way more hours into Fallout Three, so I feel you. That's a great game. Um. Well, so is Dragon Age. But 
Joe Crow voted for Gauntlet, even though it is not really an RPG. <laughs> no, that sounds about. It's pretty right. great though. Uh, and if we don't agree, it's because we clearly need food soon. Well, and that that's fairly accurate. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. yeah. Pretty hungry. Uh, just real quick, here's here's I th- here's what I think we can do with our limited time left is. Um, whoever does win the category can kind of give their reasoning for selecting that game. So I'll, yeah. I'll just say, I'll just say real quick about Chrono Trigger. To me, it was the next step up from the Final Fantasy games that I had played. It seemed to take everything that I really loved about Final Fantasy, but really up the story and the character level uh, to a different degree that got me more engaged and that that time travel element, seeing the difference in the locations and the worlds as you move through time, uh, you know, being a huge Doctor Who fan, like you throw some time travel in and use it well, and you've got me. And even though I've played like, it's been forever since I've played this game, but it it sticks with me forever as like one of the best experiences I've had playing a game. Very cool. I will look into it. You should. You should. I think you would love it. I honestly, I think all of you guys would love it, except maybe. Yeah, not. I, I don't know what version it is, but there's a version on Steam that I picked up for like like fifteen dollars or something. So I will definitely be playing that. Yeah, I'll probably pick it up on the on the Switch. I'm is sure it on available. Switch? I would think so. Just about every Super NES game is on it now. Yeah, if it's on Switch, then I'd much rather play it on that. I'll, so I'll check it out. It may not be. All right, well, we're going to move on to the next category, which infuriates me, because Noel took my shooter. Well, ah. here, before before we get into this, can you define shooter? Uh, you know, first person, third person, a, a game where your primary objective is run and shoot things. Yeah, I was kind of confused by that, too, a little bit, because, like, I, yeah, I think a third person games and first person games is like totally different genres so i was i was a little confused but uh i just I mean, went first safe. i don't feel like first person shooter and and third person shooter are that different well but you've got something like goldeneye which is a first person shooter but then when i think shooter i think of stuff like gradius and like ah. to me those are shooters Zaxxon is a shooter. Yeah. Thunder is a shooter, if you want to go back far enough. Contra is a shooter. So would those all be... But, like, first-person yeah. shooter is a completely different thing from those. So I was a little confused by this category. I, I am sorry if I was unclear. I was, I, no, it's I was, fine. I'm happy about that. I was thinking first-person, third-person, just your, your run-and-gun shooting games. Yeah, I mean that that's what that's what popped into my head when I heard shooter just because that's the way it's most commonly used, I think. Is a first like or you, third person? Yeah, you you know a shooter when you're playing it. I got tore up on uh the RPGs by somebody on the DragonCon unofficial Facebook page because I should have broken down turn-based RPGs <laughs> and real-time RPGs and God. you know that's there's not so what many we're here right. for. There's I, so I many subgenres. <laughs> There's so many subgenres, and the time to ask for clarification would have been, I don't know, two weeks ago when I first posted this to you guys. I did. <laughs> that's why I, I just wanted to pick what I picked, so I didn't care. That's fine. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, I, you know what? Whatever. I like, I like my <laughs> pick. <laughs> I wanted to pick what I picked, but 
I will I fight was all being, I was being nice and let you guys post your picks first, and I shouldn't have been nice. So that's what I get for being nice. The road to hell paved with good intentions. It never works out. <laughs> you, you got to so be cutthroat, Beth. What were our uh, picks? You know what? I, I got the most point. deadly. I got the most deadly metal a lot of times for a reason, and I should have gone back to that. <laughs> anyway, for shooters, we've got Dave with Cho and Niki, which I've I have no idea what that is. Did you look it up? I do, and wow. <laughs> uh, Noel picked Goldeneye. Selena picked Doom, and with no other choices, I picked Left for Dead Two, and Ryan picked Time Splitters. And Joe Crow threatened us if we didn't talk about Satan's Hollow, even though I have no idea what that is. <laughs> it's a what? shooter. What? What is that? I don't know what that is. Anyway, obviously the winner was Goldeneye. It wasn't so a runaway no... winner. Huh? It wasn't a runaway winner. There was... It pretty much was. The Facebook unofficial page really uh, weighed okay. heavily on that. I didn't. I didn't see their results. I know in the other groups that it was posted, and it was still pretty close with most of the others. Well, I, um, I got ten votes for Left for Dead too, but it it wasn't Joe even Aniki close. Got robbed because <laughs> <laughs> nobody else knows what it is either. You're in Americans. <laughs> so oh, no! Thought... Please, please educate me about Goldeneye. Uh, yeah, so if you've never heard of this game, Beth, um, I'm sorry that I stole it from you. I, I figured it would probably be on your short list as well. I thought maybe you'd go with Perfect Dark. There was no short list. It was the list. That I was thought maybe you'd go with Perfect Dark if I'd taken Goldeneye from you, because they're very similar games by the same publisher. Um, but obviously, Goldeneye, uh, a licensed Bond game, um, it wasn't the first. It wasn't... Like really, even the the highest tech uh, first person shooter at the time, um, you know, it followed games like Duke Nukem and Doom and Wolfenstein and all those. Um, but just the way that it followed along the movie plot, the the multiplayer aspect of it, the fact that I mean, we spent countless hours just sitting around, just trying to just trying to one up each other for you know, I mean, for hours and hours and hours at a time, usually accompanied by some sort of adult beverage. Um, and you know, still just replayable many years later. It's very hard to play now um, because the graphics cause a little bit of uh, motion sickness um, on modern televisions, especially. But it's still a, a really fun game that works in the entire plot of the movie better than I think any other game before it had done. Just a real quick yeah. note. Um, you know, personally, I, I genuinely, honestly think Time Splitters should have won, and it's worth noting that Time Splitters was created by X Rare employees who worked on Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. Yeah, that game was incredible, but yeah, but was. I totally understand. Uh, I do understand Goldeneye. I mean, I played that game so much when it came out, and yeah, it was all just multiplayer. I don't even know if I ever played the single player. It would just be four player split screen, bottle of surge, playing that all night. Pizza. That was it. Search. Clearly, we are clearly we are older than you because we're <laughs> we were drinking many many PBRs, hunkered down in our corners, proximity mines all around us. Yeah, Go, going yeah thirty thirty minutes at a time without anyone daring to move because we knew that everybody had those proximity mines planted everywhere. Oh, but yeah. you know you had the the incredible weapon selection and you could choose lots of classic uh, Bond characters. 
uh, ranging from uh, from odd job to Jaws, depending on how difficult you wanted your your game to be. Um, you, anybody who plays as odd job is a dirty, dirty cheater. Well, and that's except, we had to ban odd husband. job. Yeah, right, exactly. He he <laughs> had to be he's banned. He's terrible at that game, so he's allowed to be odd job. All right, well, let's go ahead and move on to platformers. And with platformers, we have Dave choosing Super Mario Brothers 3, Noel choosing Mega Man 2, Selena with the surprise of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. No. No one's surprised. No one is surprised. <laughs> no one is surprised. Albert I picked Thermostat Prince of Persia, Dracula. The Sands of Time, and Ryan picked what was also on my short list, Earthworm Jim. Oh, yeah. Joe Classic. Crow chimed in with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom arcade game, which I didn't even know was a thing. <laughs> he made that up. Wow. I have no memory. No, he posted a picture. I, I believe it exists. Wow. And uh, chimed in at the last second, like right as we were starting to record with Pitfall, because of the ex- exclamation point and alligators. <laughs> all That's a fair the argument. He gave. Every one of those games is fantastic, by the way. Yeah. And they are all good, and I've played them all. And the winner, of course, was Super Mario Brothers 3. Shocked. I mean... Yeah, right? Look, I, I declare shenanigans. It's I, hard to it's hard to argue. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, look, Super Mario Brothers 3 isn't even my favorite Mario game, but if you have to... If you're looking at something as this is the greatest of all time, there's a certain amount of public recognition involved in that. Um, there's a certain amount, like the quality of that game, the tightness of how it was done, how it works. Uh, I, I just think it's the highest level platformer that's ever been released. I think it's very accessible, but it's also challenging at the same time. Uh, the mechanics of it are very appealing. Like there's just. There's nothing to complain about with that game, and that, to me, is, is what elevates it above everything else. Even though, like I said, it's not even my favorite Mario game, but I do think it's it's got to be recognized as the greatest you, platformer of all time. When you look at, so when the first Super Mario Brothers came, you know, was a, one of the biggest phenomena in history in 1985... Uh, it was followed up by what a lot of people were disappointed with in Super Mario Brothers 2, which was just a port of a Japanese game. Toki so Doki Panic, right? Toki Doki Panic, yeah. which didn't feel like Mario. But I loved and then it. This, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's yeah, great I game. love that game, too. But this game comes along, and this game is really just defined everything that was Mario from that point forward. Yes. Um, yeah, just uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers, fantastic game, but... Everything that we know about Mario really originated in Super Mario 3. Including Mario looking like Captain Lou Albano. That's right. <laughs> I don't think I think I, I, I just think that you guys have no love for Albert Thermostat Teps anymore. <laughs> we love Albert Thermostat Dracula, but he's uh, he just can't compare with anybody in the Bowser-Koopa spectrum. Yeah, like I, I would say I that's... Not. That's my favorite Castlevania game, but still Mario 3 is better. I, oh, I, Ryan, you betrayer. You heard me. <laughs> don't wow. think that Super Mario is better, but I, I've played all of these games, and honestly, I, I'm i kind of torn between Prince of Persia and Earthworm Jim, and, you know, Castlevania's a good game, Selena. Don't hurt me, but Super Mario's got the recognition. 
And I'm I love funny vipers. I'm in a pit of vipers right now. <laughs> did anybody argue this on the Facebook page? I would imagine they did not. not. No, nobody yeah. had anything else to say. Joe Crow just added his weird stuff in, and that was it. Perfect. <laughs> If, if I had uh, if I had a second choice, it would have been the Ninja Turtles arcade game because that was one that could be played with your friends for hours and hours and hours as a like one of the only legitimate like great platform games in arcades at that time. Battletoads. Well, you and your Both friends your had more quarters than me. See, I feel like <laughs> yes. that's a whole different category, though. Like uh, that to me is is like a brawler, like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think of Free that as rage. a platformer. Yeah, yeah, Double Dragon stuff like that. Yeah. Totally well, different. speaking speaking of fighting, it's time to talk about the fighters. Oh boy! Where Dave nominated Clay Fighter, which <laughs> yeah. I've seen and never played. Oh, Noel, Noel picked rules. another one off my short list and picked Killer Instinct. And the only reason it was on my short list is because I used to play it a lot with Noel. Selena picked Bloody Roar, which is great. Yeah, I picked Super Smash Brothers, and Ryan. Picked the clear winner, Mortal Kombat 2. I mean, it's great. It's 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 my favorite Mortal Kombat still. The looks, the aesthetic of everything, how dark and evil all the character designs are. It's got the, my favorite roster, uh, Kung Lao. It was the introduction to him, which is my favorite Mortal Kombat character. So, I mean, yeah, it was just uh, that game just changed everything about how I felt about fighting games. I loved it. Uh, and the uh, the fatalities are all like next level because they're pretty basic in the first one, and uh, yeah, it, I mean it scared me. Uh, frankly, when it came out, like knocking somebody in an acid pit, you know, and seeing their skeleton come out, like it was gruesome. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved it. It's still I still go back to that one very frequently. The, the problem I have with all of the Mortal Kombat games is that those finishing moves are so difficult for me to pull off. That I could never, ever do one. And so I would just punch somebody until they just randomly just kind of fell over and died. I never I actually, got the good finishing moves. I actually had a friend that had a... Uh, we got Mortal Kombat 2 and 3, and, like, he was ridiculously good at memorizing all of them. So, like, we would, like, fight, and, like, whoever wins, like, it didn't matter. I would hand him the controller and be like, do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah do the even, even if I know what they are... Like, even if I looked them up, I still can't do it because I, I choke under pressure. Well, there's a lot of factors. you got to be in a certain distance. You know, sometimes you got to be crouching. So, yeah, it, it's like, tough. It's it's me, like, playing wrestling games with Noel or Dave. It's, I just punch all the buttons and hope something good happens. And nothing good ever happens for me when I do that in <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Some of the newer games, they've introduced, like, easy finishers where you can just press a couple buttons, like... You know, press both side buttons and it'll do a finishing move and stuff like that. But it's almost kind of like cheating. I don't know. Did, did Mortal Kombat two heal your heart after Mortal after the first Mortal Kombat and the Goro fight? <laughs> I mean, yeah, as traumatic as that was. But I mean, even in Mortal Kombat two, Mentaro was pretty hard. Like the same thing. Like second to last boss. Brutal. Can we can we please talk about Babalities though? Because that's probably the best thing in Mortal Kombat two. Oh, that's genius. I mean, yeah. babalities I think... are great, but what about friendship? Friendship, friendship, was, was, friendship was wonderful, too. It was almost like th- those were just to kind of appease the angry parents who were so upset about the, the violence in the first game. Like, oh, let's, let's let, them, let them hug it out. 
uh, let's let's turn them into adorable babies. I always looked <laughs> at it as it was kind of like making fun of them, which is you know. It's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's absolutely. Great. I yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely meant to be a punk move. Like I turned, like what what is worse? I ripped your spine out, or I turned you into a freaking baby. <laughs> like it, it's I, definitely. I'd rather a punk have my move. spine ripped out. <laughs> um, to to throw Selena a bone because Bloody Roar did not get a lot of votes on any of the places I posted it. <laughs> so sad. And but Larry Howell from the classic track page. Voted for Mortal Kombat, but said that Bloody Roar was an amazing game. It was so fun. I I had such a great time playing all of the Bloody Roars. There's structurally not much difference other than the fact that the graphics get progressively better. Um, (laughs) And you get to turn into an anthropomorphic character, uh, you know, as like your, your big fight you know, kind of thing. And it's like, this is so much fun. Yeah, I had a great time. I'm not a furry, I swear. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought up the furry connection because I, I was about to. Um, <laughs> oh, Kombat, totally I, I'm, I think I'm confusing Bloody Roar with Primal Rage. Primal Rage was like dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah, monkeys yes. and dinosaurs. It was awesome. And it was, well... It's good, but it's different. It's My memory of Primal Rage is that like graphically, it was awesome, but gameplay-wise, it was terrible. Yeah, but you could eat little people while you're fighting. <laughs> that's why it was awesome. And the um, toys came with little villagers you could stick in their mouths. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's, that was awesome. That's a big win. And it's, the toys actually like, look really good. It's like if Rampage were a fighting game. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, but Mortal Kombat Two, I, I was working at a place called Video Game Exchange, a, a long dead or long gobbled up by Funko Land and then later GameStop. Uh, company, but I was working there when Mortal Kombat 2 came out on Genesis and Super Nintendo, and people were buying Genesis systems just for the because that it's kind of a thing you mentioned it with Mortal Kombat, I think, Ryan, that the Genesis version was the preferred version. Oh, yeah. Um, and people were buying the Genesis just for Mortal Kombat 2 because I think. If I'm remembering right, Mortal Kombat on Super Nintendo, there was no blood at all. Yeah. Yes. And then on Super Nintendo 2, I think you had to put... Or uh, Mortal Kombat 2 on Super Nintendo, I think you could put a code in to get the blood. That I don't know. But I know there was a code for the Sega for, bl- for See, blood this, on the first game. But in the second one, I think it was just in the game from the start. Yeah, the second one, there was just blood. And I've but seen, I, I'm not sure about Super Nintendo. I seem to remember it moving a little more smoothly too. But the big thing was the initial run of on both systems. The cartridge was red, and that was a huge deal. No, wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of something else entirely. That was Maximum Carnage. Yes, Maximum that Carnage had the red, red cartridge. Card, uh, red cartridge. Um, oh but, yeah, I had that. Yeah, Mortal Kombat Two was just the the crazy thing was people buying the Genesis just for that game, and they, even yeah, like that... Super Nintendo because at the time, like if you remember, Super Nintendo versus Sega Genesis was a big deal. Oh yeah, like it was like East Coast versus West Coast. Um, I never shot anybody over a game console though. Well, I, you've never shot anybody. I over consider anything, it. Beth. Yeah. Do you really even care about anything if you haven't shot somebody over it? Seriously. 
You're right. <laughs> I'm failing. But uh, yeah, that that's how big this game was and how important it was to people to have the best possible version of it is they were buying a whole new console just to be sure they had the best Mortal Kombat 2 they could have. It, it was really wild. I have bought consoles just for one game before. <laughs> I mean, that's always how it starts for me, and then it just yeah. snowballs from there. I bought a PS2 for God of War, and I bought a 360 for Dead Rising. I bought the PS3 for Star Wars, uh, Lego, Lego Star Wars Clone Wars. I bought the PS4 for Arkham Knight, because I, ha- I had no intention whatsoever of buying a PS4, because I just don't play games like I used to, but I had to have that game. Yeah, well, I bought very... a game... I bought a GameCube for Resident Evil 4. That was my big one. Oh, well, I already had the GameCube, but I played the crap out of Resident Evil 4. Incredible. That's a whole other panel. I have ideas. Um, So, (laughs) (laughs) the winningest of winners time. I turned over all the winners of every category back to Facebook, and surprise, surprise, by a large margin, Super Mario 3 is the best of all of those games. To remind everybody, our winners were Chrono Trigger, GoldenEye, Super Mario Bros. 3, and Mortal Kombat 2. So Super Mario Bros. 3 was the best game of all of those four. The greatest game (sighs) of all time. Not Uh. of all time. Yes. Of classic classic times. The greatest game of classic times. (laughs) Of so the I've, four categories. So even though I lost every single category, I I will, you know, tip my hat to all the winners and and just, you know, sit in the corner and cry a little bit. It's fine. It's well, right. Maybe the the Selena, real best last year. Maybe the real what? best game was the journey along the way. Selena, oh. that? I want my goal. <laughs> we both won last year. So we, we did. Can, we did. We can be magnanimous in defeat this year. I can't. I can't be a winner hog every year. It's all right. It's okay. We're all winners in our hearts. I'm just glad I got <laughs> to win a category finally. That was my first one. Yeah, because you stole my game. Because I stole it from Beth. Yes, hey, look, yes, I was gonna yes, say yes, super. Yes. I was gonna say Super Street Fighter Two initially for the fighting game, but I thought, you know what? Killer Instinct's closer to my heart, even though Super uh, Super Street Fighter Two is probably a better game, and that one would have probably won. Maybe not. It might I, not have been. I am shocked. It would have been neck and neck. I think. I'm shocked that no one chose any Street Fighter games for the yeah. fighter for the fighter category. I'm just not a big fighter person. That's why I picked Super Smash Brothers. The only time I played fighter games was with Noel playing Killer Instinct and. Super Smash Brothers is adorable, even if Jigglypuff has no powers. Marvel, Fun Marvel fact, I have the Killer Instinct soundtrack. Well, thank you guys very much for joining us. And thank you all in the virtual audience for joining us as well. Um, move on to plugs and then, and then good night. So, again, my name is Beth Van Dusen. I am a co-host of Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast that you can find on the now Needless Things Network. Dave? Hello, Dave? 
Dave's gone. <laughs> okay. Not Dave. Uh, Selena, since you spoke, where can we find you? Yes, you can see you can you can find me everywhere. Um, you can find all of my lovely artwork on patreon.com slash the Briar Crow. You can also see all of my fun stuff and follow me both on Instagram uh, and Twitter at uh, the Briar Crow. And I also have a art page on Facebook now, so yay to that. Um, and also, of course, all of my links uh, to everything else is um, anywhere at all that you wanna that you wanna follow me on. So let's be friends. It'll be nice. And I'm Noel Wood. Uh, I also co-host the uh, Audible Interlude podcast. If you're into GI Joe, uh, then check that out. It's here on Needless Things, along with Dave and our good friend Christian. Um, and uh, alongside that, uh, I host uh, DorkDroppings.com. It doesn't get updated very often, but there's 23 years of content on it. Um, I was I, my website is older than Google, so take that. <laughs> Oh, and you can read my drunken ramblings there too. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm Ryan Cadaver, and uh, I'm in the band The Casket Creatures. Uh, we got a new music video out, and uh, we're doing what we can. We just did a live stream performance, uh, full length performance that we posted on our Facebook page. So we're doing what we can while you know canceling every show this year. Uh, so that's great. And then uh, yeah, um, also. Um, uh, co-director of a film uh, indie action movie, Joe Stryker, and uh, we are doing a follow-up film of a certain kind that I can't say the name of yet, but uh, we got a new movie that will be coming out whenever it's possible to do a screening of some sort. And uh, yeah, other than that, um, you can find me social media. Uh, I'm on the Needless Commentary team, so uh, yeah, I'm around. I'm, I'm sorry, I think, I think you meant to say your name is Ryan Cadaver! <laughs> I am Ryan Cadaver. <laughs> oh, hey, I, I recognize that voice. <laughs> hey, we found Dave. Hey, Dave's back. Uh, Dave? Dave's not here, man. <laughs> Everyone else is plugged. Plug away, Dave. Uh, you can find Needless Things at Needless Things on Podbean, NeedlessThingsPodcast.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Needless Things Podcast, and uh, please do let Dragon Con know that you enjoyed this panel, unless you didn't, and then just keep it to yourself. Five stars. Fair enough. Well, all right. If, if there are stars, then uh, yes, five stars. There are no five limits. Stars. There's no app. Just give us a, a hundred stars. We don't Ten know that thumbs yet. up. A billion stars. Resident Evil has scared me of the word stars. So, mm, mm, solid point. How about uh, what? What would be another solid note of excellence besides a star? What sort of item would be great? How about um, give us give us five disc armors? since the disc yes. armor from Rygar is the greatest video game weapon of all time. No, I no. I was totally working that one I in. I will argue that, but no. at another time. <laughs> yeah, so stay tuned, because we will discuss that on a future episode of the Needless Things podcast. Yeah. We have more Needless Con episodes coming up, although next week will be the August Needless commentary. Uh, I'm not going to say what it is yet. 
I guess I could. There's no reason not to. It's it's a movie we all need. Movie we all love. It is time for Bill and Ted's excellent adventure next week on the Needless Things podcast. The August Needless commentary. Uh, if you would like to share Dragon Con memories. You can send them to phantomtroublemaker at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Facebook. You can join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group and message the group admin there. Um, I, yeah, those are the best ways, really. Well, how else do you need to do it? And you can record an audio clip and send it, and we'll play it on the show. Or you can write a thing out, and I'll just read it. Uh, but we've got a couple more Needless Con episodes coming up. I'm going to try and do a couple other things online, but it's really going to depend on uh, where I see. I, I, I'll just keep an eye out. I might do some stuff. Uh, you know how it is. I hope everybody is finding ways to have fun, finding ways to still be part of the community, and uh, finding ways to get stuff through the mail, because that's really frustrating right now. But uh, Cynical Me says, closer to November, I bet everything magically starts shipping again. It's just my guess. Just my guess. Uh, speaking of which, I, I need to ship something right now. I've got an eBay sale that took way longer than it should have. I can't believe this thing sat here for like six weeks without selling. But now i got to box it up and send it off. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.